Welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. It is the 12th Sunday after Pentecost, and you will hear Father Joe Hudson speak on Luke 14. As you listen, see if you can answer these questions. The questions, one, who was the unclean man at the banquet, and why was he there? Two, why was Jesus at the banquet? And three, what kind of hospitality do we offer and do we receive? gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to Luke. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. Today's Gospel story took place one Sabbath day in the home of a leader of the Pharisees, we are told. This Pharisee had decided to host a meal. How many times have you been a host over these years? Maybe dozens, perhaps hundreds of times. You have probably hosted family members and friends or possibly a supervisor at work, a boss, 
To be a good host, you must be hospitable towards your guests, don't you? Well, this morning, we will learn what it really means to be genuinely hospitable towards all others as hosts of the kingdom of God. We are told that among the many guests that were present that day, this Pharisee had invited a number of other Pharisees and Jewish religious scholars, lawyers, many professional peers of his. Many of them held positions of power and authority in Jewish society. Among all the well-to-do and respectable people, off to one side of the room sat a man who didn't quite seem to fit in. And by the way, this piece of the passage is not in today's reading. Today's reading begins in verse 1 and then bumps to verse 7 through 14. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about what was left out there. So there was this man who just didn't quite fit in. We're told that he had a significant, very obvious swelling in his arms and legs. Some Bible translations use the old-fashioned term dropsy. Today we might say that he probably had something like an extreme amount of edema in his arms and legs due to congestive heart failure. But, you see, they didn't understand all those medical things back then. And so a little while back, it was dropsy. Who knows what they would have called some strange ailment like this back in Jesus' day. Well, was he one of this Pharisee's invited guests? It was more likely that he may have simply slipped in while others were entering the home. Maybe he was hungry and saw an opportunity or... He wanted the company of other human beings because in his swollen condition, he was really not considered clean. And so he would have been a bit on the outside of common society. Or maybe he possibly spotted Jesus entering and was holding out all hope of possibly a healing. Well, the rabbi Jesus was there as well. And why had he been invited? Well, we're not given those details. Sometimes I wish the Bible was several volumes long so that we could get a lot deeper into what was really going on behind the scenes in what we read there. Well, there are possibly many reasons why this Pharisee had invited Jesus that day. It could be that this prominent Pharisee invited him out of mere curiosity. After all, Jesus was quite a controversial figure, what with all the stories surrounding him of healings and bucking the religious system. Maybe the Pharisee had extended an invitation to Jesus because he really genuinely wanted to learn more about him and his teachings. Or maybe since Jesus had become quite famous as the talk of the town and of the entire region, this Pharisee maybe wanted to invite Jesus as a way of increasing his own status in the eyes of his peers. I had Jesus over for dinner last Sabbath. How about you? Or maybe the Pharisee may have seen Jesus as some odd maverick who was quite entertaining to watch. You just never knew what he would pull off next. Or maybe the Pharisee was hoping to catch Jesus in some infraction of the law, which he was known to do on quite frequent occasions. Well, ultimately, we don't know what this Pharisee's motivations were. 
for inviting Jesus or, for that matter, why he had invited any of the other guests that evening. It begs a question of all of us. What are our motivations for providing hospitality or, conversely, for refraining from providing hospitality towards others? Hospitality can be seen in our gracious invitations, in what we think about people, how we act towards others, or maybe what we whisper about people behind their backs. Well, as the Sabbath meal progressed that day, Jesus continued to watch closely all the goings-on and movements and conversations in the room. From what he observed, he decided to take an opportunity to address the elephant in the room, the man with dropsy that everyone was ignoring. It was a story about hospitality and ultimately about being a host. We read these words. Jesus asked the Pharisee and experts in religious law, is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? Wow. (laughs) Jesus wasn't one to mince words. You might casually discuss the Jewish legal implications of caring for people on the Sabbath with normal folks in ordinary conversation. But you'd have to be pretty gutsy or just plain stupid to seriously raise such a question with a religious establishment, those leaders. These Pharisees must have thought, Surely Jesus must have meant this in a rhetorical manner. He couldn't have been serious in asking this question. The room grew quiet. It seemed that Jesus was indeed serious as he posed this question, a question that seemed to come out of left field. It caught everyone by surprise. Is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day? Everyone present guess that Jesus was referring to the obvious man that didn't fit in, the man with dropsy, the man no one was talking about but couldn't miss. Many at the meal, maybe out of kindness or possibly some sense of awkwardness, simply chose to ignore this man's malady. They averted their eyes from his grotesque figure. But Jesus had spotted the man as soon as he arrived, and his reaction was quite different. He responded with great compassion. His heart broke for this diseased child of Abraham, this man that no one seemed willing to offer any aid towards. The passage says that no one responded to Jesus' question, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? The Pharisees and religious scholars were probably shocked and stunned that a supposed religious teacher, a rabbi, would ever seriously question any of the teachings of the law. Is it permitted to heal people on the Sabbath day? Some were thinking, well, of course not. Some may have thought, if Jesus were any self-respecting rabbi, he would never have contemplated such a question. Of course it wasn't lawful. Jesus would have known that. But still, here he was, posing the question. There were also some present at that Sabbath who were a bit uncomfortable with Jesus' question. You see, they had felt sorry for this man, maybe even wanted to help him or to express some sympathy, but they dared not, not with the religious leaders present and not on the Sabbath day. 
The scriptures tell us this. When they refused to answer Jesus' question, Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. Well, now he'd gone and done it. Jesus flouted the law. He flouted the authority of the religious leaders, and some may have even thought that he was flouting and thumbing his nose up at God himself. Well, things were about to go from bad to worse. The New Living Translation records what happened next this way. Then Jesus turned to the Pharisees and lawyers and said, Get ready, people. Which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? I can imagine Jesus pausing for very, for several very long, very uncomfortable seconds at this point, giving time for this question to fully register on these devout teachers. I can guess that they may have been thinking, the gall of this man to assume that we would regularly sin by working on the Sabbath. This Jesus must be out of his mind. He must be possessed by Beelzebub. We have never, nor would we ever work on the Sabbath. Nothing would ever force us to do such a blasphemous thing. And as the thoughts were going back and forth in their mind, well, after giving them enough rope to mentally hang themselves, Jesus lowered the boom. He sprang his trap. He asked them, If on the Sabbath your son or your cow falls into a pit, don't you rush to get him out? Again, they could not answer. Zing! Gotcha! Jesus, you see, had shined the blinding light of God's gracious, loving truth on their hypocrisy. They must have been beat red with hatred and probably a great deal of embarrassment in that moment. They weren't used to being questioned. They weren't used to being put in their place. They were the ones who put others in their place, after all. He wasn't, they weren't used to being bested, especially by some common Galilean street preacher and conjurer. Well, Jesus had decided at that point that he had poked this Sabbath bear long enough, so he decided to try a different tack to expand his lesson on gracious hospitality. As he gazed around the room, he could tell by everyone's attire and grooming that for the most part, they were all of a very similar socioeconomic status as that of their host. Jesus said, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. You see, Jesus was saying, in effect, don't just invite the ceremonially clean to your home. Reach out to those ceremonially unclean folks. The poor, the crippled, the lame, and blind, those with dropsy. But those Pharisees weren't about to do that because that would go against the Jewish law. Jesus knew in that moment that there were many living, maybe even just outside this very home, who would have never felt included here, never been invited, never offered hospitality. Jesus was telling this host and his guests that day, 
that they must not let anything interfere in the extension of God's love and hospitality to all others, even if it means going against what their scriptures seem to be saying. In other words, Jesus was saying, love trumps all, even the scriptures. So yes, Be hospitable towards others, to your friends and neighbors and family members, but don't forget those you might not normally think about. Jesus talks to us about the kind of host you and I should be, about how open and inviting we need to be in our thoughts and words and actions towards not only our usual list of guests, but also towards those who may be just a little less attractive, a little less beautiful in the eyes of normal society, maybe a little less like us. There are many ways you and I are called to be hosts beyond simply inviting others to dinner. We are all called to extend the hospitality of God's kingdom to others, inviting them into the life of Jesus Christ. So how aware are we of our call to always be inviting others into the life of God's kingdom, of including those even on the fringes and margins of society, those who may have experienced rejection and have felt marginalized. Jesus reveals in this passage the inner workings of our minds and hearts, of our motivations and prejudices, maybe even of our rigid, sometimes too narrow interpretation of Scripture that tends to exclude some. Let me give you a personal example of how not to be hospitable. This past Thursday, you could easily argue that I wasn't a good host, that I didn't extend hospitality when I arrived that morning at the McDonald's parking lot for a quick restroom stop. Oh, I may have justified myself by explaining that I had a meeting in a half hour across town at church and I needed to use the restroom and weigh in at Weight Watchers before getting there. And I had just finished a long bike ride. Well, as I quickly darted into McDonald's with my glasses all fogged over, someone approached me quickly from the left, a figure I couldn't make out through my foggy lenses. He shouted out, asking if I could get him some pancakes. I hurriedly answered, I don't have time right now. I'm on a really tight schedule, and I darted inside. Well, that response may have made sense to me, but I wonder how it felt to him. He probably felt rejected and shunned yet again. This morning before service, I was talking with one of our parishioners, and they told me a story of hospitality last Sunday. They said that they were at Winn-Dixie, and they were going around getting their groceries, and, and she uh, saw some, somebody who was in the store, and she just simply extended a simple word of hospitality and said good morning and just a brief greeting, and that was it. Well, she went about and finished her groceries, and then she ends up in line, right behind this gentleman. And lo and behold, after he pays for his groceries, he extends very gracious hospitality towards our parishioner. He paid for her groceries. And not only that, he bought a $50 gift certificate and gave it to her as well. 
One example of how not to do it. (laughs) One example of how to do it. You and I have many opportunities, you see, to be good hosts of God's kingdom. Many opportunities to be hospitable, to extend an invitation of God's love towards others. We offer hospitality by our attitude towards them, by how we choose to welcome them or reject them, by what we do to care for them. We can hinder entrance into God's eternal banquet when we ignore others or when we recoil at their odor or their appearance with all those tattoos and piercings or by scowling at their rude behavior. May you and I never cease to be good hosts, to offer the hospitable grace and love of God inviting others into the life of Jesus Christ. As I say at the closing every Sunday, may you be swift to love and make haste to be kind. Amen. Questions. 1. Who was the unclean man at the banquet, and why was he there? 2. Why was Jesus at the banquet? And 3. What kind of hospitality do we offer and do we receive?